2: You do it all without breaking a sweat, and you do it all in style, from being a boss exec to getting the kids ready for school, checking homework, family dinners, lunches and brunches with your day ones, trips to the salon, and weekend getaways that are anything but a getaway. That's why Infiniti fully reimagined the QX60 to help you conquer it all with ease, a luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish, and as versatile as it is serene. Even when you have back-to-back conference calls on top of the kids' basketball practices, not to mention your side hustles, it's all done with grace. The all-new Infiniti QX60 has available features like seating for up to seven passengers, a suite of active safety features, and massaging front seats. It's the SUV designed to help you conquer life in style. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information.
3: You too. What's going on? Matt Garland here, NMLS number 58700, better known as MG the Mortgage Guy.
4: And my name is Kiana Watson, license number 317576, better
3: known as Broker Extraordinaire. The Broker Extraordinaire is in the building. Kiana Watson, how the hell are you today?
4: I am doing wonderful. You know, I'm just making it. How about yourself?
3: You know, I'm alive and blessed. God is the greatest. <laughs> we woke up this morning. <laughs> everything else is cherry, cherry on top. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. Look, so um, we got an action-packed show today for the folks. Um, you know, I'm excited about today's show. And um, first of all, I want to tell you and Anthony, congratulations. Thanks. You know, you guys built the home and now it, you sold the home and the closing was today. So... Shout out to you and Anthony for that one. That was dope. I saw y'all in the stories with all the Black excellence. It was beautiful. So shout (laughs) out to y'all.
4: Thank you so much. You know, I'm excited about the just the growth and elevation you know I think that we all are in that space where you do one thing for a while and you want to keep going so I appreciate that we know we have big things coming WRC develops on the way y'all just stay tuned
3: let's go we got some money coming to you Keanu Watson and Anthony Watson let's go (laughs) we develop in Atlanta you know what and you know what that's going to lead us into our first topic today, right? Because there's a lot of news going around. So, you know, Rants and Gems, we want to be the source of the information and give you guys the real information, not the clickbait stuff so that you guys could just like and watch and have all the fear mongering. And being the fact that, you know, there's a housing shortage right now in America, the inventory of homes for sale are currently growing right now, right? Yes. So, Kiana, what's your thoughts about this?
4: It just—I feel like the the inventory is actually growing, but it's not growing at a substantial rate. You know, we feel like I can tell you now when I listed my house on the market, and we already pretty much had it under contract. We actually got three offers, blind offers, two cash offers within an hour. Mm. So I say that to say the market is still, in my opinion, it's still high demand. We still have low inventory. We have high demand. I feel like what's cooling off are the higher price points and the price points where a lot is unaffordable for some people. But the affordability, the affordable homes and then the real luxury homes across the board, they're still selling.
2: Yeah,
3: they're still selling like hotcakes. You know, inventory right now, if you look at year over year, is up 13 percent May May of 2022 to May of 2021, which I don't want people to, you know, and there's a lot of clickbait out there where people are looking at this as, oh my God, so much inventory is going to turn into a buyer's market. I want you guys to kind of pause right now on that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of pause and take take a, take a deep breath on this one, right? Because although inventory is increasing um, 13% year over year, that does not mean it's a buyer's market right now. I think nationwide, nationwide we are still less than two months of inventory in the market, even with that increase that's happening right now. Agreed. Um, And we're still seeing buyers out there in the marketplace um, buying. There's still offers. Are there multiple offers like there were a year ago? Of course not. But there's still demand out there.
4: I agree. And there's still demand. I think we also have to be mindful that even with the market cooling off a little bit, it's a cool off. But it's a cool off because we had so much demand from COVID. See, when COVID happened, what it did is a lot of people stopped buying. So when they stopped buying, we had a lot of built-up demand. Then they came out with lower interest rates. Those lower interest rates caused a marketing frenzy, along with a lot of millennials were just ready to buy.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: It was just the time. It was the time for millennials to purchase. So when you add all of that to pent-up market demand, we had a phenomenal last two years. Um, yeah, yeah. There were so many people because they were just ready to purchase. It didn't matter. It was more about interest rates and the fact that these millennials are ready to purchase. Now mm-hmm. everybody has kind of gotten their homes. Rates are have increased, right? But demand is still there. We don't. We're, we still don't have enough inventory to satisfy the demand. So it still won't be another 2007, 2008 where we had too much inventory. We pretty much have no inventory still to this moment. People are just taking a step back because of the rapid increase with the interest rates.
3: Oh, yeah. No, 100 percent. And you're going to have people, you're going to have sellers out there that probably was waiting for whatever reasons. They was waiting. Um, I don't know why they was waiting. They didn't take advantage when the money was the cheapest ever in history. But now people are, are scared to death that rates are going up. They need to get in and sell their house before they get priced out. So I anticipate when the June numbers come out, we're going to start seeing that increase of the supply because of that fear. And, you know, buyers take advantage because let's move on to the next topic where we talk about the price cuts now. Right. There's a lot of price cuts that are happening on properties. And I like the way it's all big and bold for you guys because it's more Price cuts are coming, <laughs> right? Price cuts were were seen on about 10 and a half homes in May. That's up right. 6.2% year over year, according to realtor.com. You being the broker extraordinaire with over 40 agents, might I add, right? You guys are out there opening doors, schlepping these people around. Are you guys um seeing more price cuts on your end?
4: Absolutely. Um, I'll speak specifically for the metro Atlanta area. I was watching it. The day that interest rates went up, that was last week on Tuesday. It was at five Mm -hmm. and five point eight percent. Then by the end of the day, it was at six percent. I started watching the market. It was then it was it was eleven hundred homes that went, you know, they reduced their price within seven days. We've had 1,700 properties on the market reduce their prices. Well, we'll do a price improvement. And what that tells me is a lot of these sellers that thought that waited too long, they missed the mark to really maximize on their net proceeds. But that's also telling me that we have to get back to pricing property properties appropriately and pricing them based on what's going on in the market. It oh. was so that we were just putting properties on the market, making up prices. And because we had so much pent-up demand, we could sell it without actually having a comparable property. But now we have to get back to the basics as real estate professionals and price these properties right. So the price decreases, I feel like, is because they were overpriced in the first place.
3: I'm glad you said that, right? Because I think when people see these price cuts, it's -hmm. because people are just unrealistic from the beginning. You see, during the past two years, you can literally throw some ish against the wall and it will stick. Right. Right now, there's not the market. And you have a lot of um, realtors out there and sellers. I'm not going to throw it all on the realtors, but mostly the sellers who are just super unrealistic about what the house is truly worth. And they feel as if it's still the market was six, seven months ago where you can get above asking price multiple offers and the market has shifted on them. So those homes that are priced 10, 15, 20% above where it should be, it's expected in my opinion, for those houses to go down. But a well-priced home, like you said, is always going to sell. And it's always going to sell at the right price.
5: A
4: well-priced home will always sell at the right price. Like it's not about like I don't want people to get mixed up. It's like, oh, the prices are going down we're about to plummet the prices are actually just going back to the actual value of the property and when we talk about value value is subjective value of uh, the value of a property is based on what a buyer will spend for the home mm-hmm. it's, it's not necessarily what you think it's worth it's what a buyer will say it's worth so if last year a buyer felt a property was worth paying twenty thousand 000 above asking price and they paid it and they closed that's the value Right now the value is saying the properties are like, no, we don't want to pay that anymore. We want a reasonably priced property. So it's just correcting itself. We're in the middle of a correction. I don't foresee this being a crash at all because we still don't have enough inventory. And this happened to me. And I'm a you guys know I'm a broker extraordinaire and it just happened to me. I listed a property at 650 where I knew the price should have been 599.
3: why the hell did you list that property at six fifty, dollars Kiana? And you know...
4: My shot!
3: (laughs) Close mouth, don't get fed.
4: Shoot my shot. So I shot my shot and it didn't work. But guess what? I went back and reduced the price to the original price that made sense based on the comparable sold properties to five ninety nine, dollars And we got an offer for $635,000. So when you price a property correctly for a seller... It opens the door for people to feel like, oh, it's priced right. Let me pay above asking to still win the offer. And this just happened a week ago.
3: Yeah, look, I mean, with all that still being said, right, year over year right now, we're at an all-time high with with um, the existing medium home prices around $407,600. That's up yeah. annually at 14.8%. Um, 14. I, I don't want that number to go over your head. Type in the comments: 14.8% is the equity appreciation right now, year to date. So, when you hear people on the internet, and shout out, let's highlight our guy, um, big, big 500 in the building. Uh, we appreciate the super chat, boss. Um, we appreciate you and keep going, right? So, if you, um, shout out to everybody with the super chats, but if you look at the marketplace of what's happening, you see all this click-based stuff out there, you're gonna keep having appreciation. And that's what we're trying to keep telling people, right? Even if you see inventory growing, you see more price cuts coming, look at the numbers, the data does not lie. It's still up 14.8% year over year. Now, I expect that number to go down if rates continue to go up, right? And inventory continues to grow. But we're still going to have appreciation, in my opinion, by the end of this year, 5 to 10% depending on the market. What's your thoughts? Absolutely.
4: Our appreciation values were through the roof, and it didn't make sense in the first place. Like, we were just lucky to have 18% on average appreciation values for the last two years in the metro Atlanta area. That is well above average. We're talking about 10x. Where on average, you should be appreciating anywhere between 3 to 6% each year. So when you think about those percentages and those numbers, it was above average because of the pent-up demand. Now we're just, again, correcting ourselves and getting back to where we need to be. But when you look at, you know, everyone wants there to be a, a crash. Why won't, this is not 2008. You know, in 2008, we had so many people that were in loans that were basically, you know, underwater. So mm-hmm. in 2007, before the market crash, there were 13.1 million arms, which is adjustable rate mortgages, right? That represented 36% of all mortgages. So back then, you know, when you, they were underwriting those loans, you could just do whatever you want. You kind of just say, I got a pulse. I got a credit score. I can get a loan. Now, there's still so many guidelines in place. I don't foresee that being um, the same case now because you can't just go get any loans. And a lot of our loans now are fixed. Now I am seeing adjustables come back a little bit. See, mm-hmm. I've I haven't heard of adjustables in a long time, but two days ago <laughs> I start seeing them just bring it back out.
3: Yeah, the demand for adjustables is 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 definitely out there. You know what? Since you brought up the topic, let's let's educate the people um let's let's segue to this first of all before we segue i need everybody to hit the like button we almost got a thousand people on this live so we need y'all to share this out with 10 people if you love rants and gems and kiana watson and myself comment like subscribe share with your people right now let's get this up to two thousand people before the end of the show but let's segue on why this won't be another 2008. Tooks cue the slides, baby. Let's go. We're going to give y'all some education today. Y'all come to the right place. Y'all better get a pen and pad because we got slides, baby, on Rants and Gems.
4: We got slides away. about it is about Y'all better throw
3: some fire in the chat if you ready for some slides, baby. <laughs> let's go. All right, y'all. So look, let's give you guys a breakdown of history. Or why this what this looks nothing like the Great Recession because I know you guys are on YouTube and seeing all the clickbait, but we're here to give you the real facts. Let's go to the next slide. <clears throat> all right. Kiana just mentioned the lending standards are tighter, right? Now, if you look at this slide, now feel free to screenshot this, put it in your stories, Tag Rants and Gems, Kiana, and myself, and we will reshare it. Um, so feel free, right? So if you look at the lending standards. Um, they have tightened since the crash so I want you guys to pay attention to those yellow um bars right that's from 2003 four five six and seven that's showing you the volume of loans and billions with a credit score below 620 look at the height right you're talking about 350 almost pushing 400 billion dollars worth of mortgages where people with sub 20 credit scores and then obviously you see the crash. It started decreasing during a great recession. And as you look, going into the last five years, you have less than 100 billion worth of loans being originated with subpar 620 credit scores. But the big difference is, like Kiana said, is the lender standards. Back in those wild cowboy days, I was originating back in those days. And let me tell you, I had a field day. I made a lot of money during these days because I was, I was first in the business, fresh, like, it was great. You you needed a post to get a loan. Or you could get a loan. 100% financing, 580 credit score, 6% seller's concession, buy three houses at the same time, close the three different banks. It was beautiful.
4: The three houses at the same time is what I'm talking about right there.
3: That's a fact. Next slide. All right. Now, look at the foreclosure activity. Oh,
4: my right? God. I'm so excited about this slide. This slide in particular i just like to interject and tell all of you to please screenshot this so you can stop waiting for some type of foreclosures to hit the market. Okay, go ahead, man. I'm going to let you finish.
3: I need y'all yeah. to put some more fires and like this video because we're giving y'all a real live game right now. So look at 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Look at all the yellow, right? But look at yeah. the height of the foreclosure crash, right? You got 2,000, I mean, 2.3 million, 2.8 million, 2.9 million foreclosures that happen in the market because of all those subprime loans below 620 credit scores. But look at the foreclosure activity, because I, I know a lot of people like to talk about, well, before the pandemic, it's going to be a lot of foreclosures because of the pandemic. And I got a slide for y'all on that one too. But if you really look at, the lending, how it tightened up, you can see the foreclosures have been decreasing from 2016 on, right? Decreasing, and decreasing, and decreasing. Look at 2019; less than a half a million foreclosures. That is nothing compared to what it was some 10 years ago. Nothing at all.
4: Let's just, let's just go ahead and talk about today. Right now, there are 78 thousand foreclosures on the market in comparison to at the height of the crisis in 2010, it was 2.9 million. So when you guys are sitting here waiting for some huge foreclosure crisis to take place, I don't know what you're waiting for. The hmm. numbers are just not adding up. It doesn't make sense. And we're just following numbers here. This is not an opinion. These are facts.
3: These are straight facts. Next slide, folks. All right, look at the inventory. And we talk about inventory all the time, right? So look at 2007 to 2010. Look how much, how many months of inventory. Now, remember, guys, if you're below six months, six months of inventory, it's considered a seller's market. And when you're above six months of inventory, it is a buyer's market. Obviously, there was a lot of inventory in the streets during that time. Compared to the past four years, even take a look at 2018 and 2019 before the pandemic happened. We were trending down. The market was going up and stuck before the before the pandemic came around. Like yeah, I, I, I don't think people realize that.
4: And even from a realtor's perspective, in 2018 and 2019, because I was I was getting busy in these real estate streets then. Now I'm kind of in management. But in 2018, 2019, I'm gonna tell you guys it was neutral. So the buyers could get a deal. The sellers were getting a deal. It was neutral. You weren't experiencing so many highest and best. You weren't experiencing paying twenty and thirty and forty thousand above asking price because we had a neutral market. It was kind of neutral at that at that three months of inventory. Right now, at one point eight months of inventory, there, there's no there's not neutral. This is a seller's market. The sellers actually they're holding the ball right now. They are in control.
3: That's a fact. Next slide, folks. Look at the housing market now versus the Great Recession. Now, adjustable rate mortgages, like you said, the demand is high. But I want you guys to pay attention. Right now, there's currently 2.5 million adjustable mortgages on the market versus 2007, there was 13 million. And the arms that are about to reset, meaning that the fixed period is over. It's only 1.4 million versus that 10 million back in 07. And that's why you've seen a lot of that activity with foreclosures, a lot of inventory, yeah. things of that nature. Right. So you have to understand, first of all, a lot of people don't even understand how arms were underwritten back in the wild cowboy days versus now. The 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 standards now, first of all, there was one year arms, two year, 327s, 228s, 327s. There was negative amortization loans. There was no doc loans with ARMs. 580, 560 credit score with ARMs. You get, you can qualify off the teaser rate, not the fully indexed rate. The underwriting standards were not the same as they are today. Today, the most common ARMs are fixed for five, seven, or ten years. Most people are taking seven to ten year ARMs, so you got a longer fixed rate period, and we're fully underwriting, fully documenting these loans, and we're qualifying people off the fully indexed rate, not the teaser rates, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a complete difference. So a lot of people now are taking out adjustable rate mortgages, and that demand is high now because that interest rate could be about a point lower than what the 30 year fixed mortgage rate is. So I want you guys to understand if you're going to take an arm, just please understand. Please learn exactly what happens after the fixed rate period and please have an exit plan in place because you don't want to get caught holding a bag if you are going to take an adjustable rate mortgage because at some point that fixed rate period will expire.
4: And I'm glad you spoke about that because a lot of people are, you know, we need to educate them about ORMS and how that works because if you're going into an ORM because you don't want the current 6% rate and a 2.75 or 3% rate for a short period of time, seems attractive. Understand your exit strategy and also understand how can you refinance out of that into a fixed rate mortgage and what those penalties may be if you chose to do so. So just read the fine print. Um, I don't particularly, I think arms are great for investors, people that are in and out of properties, but it just may not work for the typical buyer. Um, that's just my professional opinion.
3: Agreed. Next slide, talks <clears throat> 11 trillion tappable equity. Up 34%. Homeowners right now are up in a stock. <laughs> 11 trillion. These are the numbers, guys. tappable home equity. People, if they fall into trouble, they can sell. Even if they got to take 10, 15% less, they're still going to make money. This ain't the same times what it was back in the day.
4: Oh, absolutely. People are being able to sell their properties and make a profit. Um, on average, um, the average person is making at least $200,000 on an asset that they've owned in the metro atlanta area for at least three years so if you purchased in the rights area and you are in a growing area that's high in demand great schools um, schools is school being number one near new development um, anything near the new campuses they have the new microsoft campus google anything near development it is being sold for top dollar so you know if you have some tactical home equity look into a line of credit if you want to invest with that money or if you were thinking about selling and you want to use this money for other things, this is the time to consider it, but also have a strategy of what you're going to do next.
3: Absolutely. Next slide. Adjustable, arm is adjustable rate mortgages for those who don't know what that is. Adjustable rate mortgages. And this is the last slide for this to show you guys. Look at the forbearance numbers. They're edging down. Um, we're going to get the, the main numbers on here. I will present that in the, in the next quarter so we can kind of see but as you can see there's less than one percent of homes in forbearance right now right so you have to you have to really look at what's really happening here the people who was on those covet relief um programs are now exiting those programs majority of those people are paying are in repayment and in good standing so for those of you who are waiting for this foreclosure wave that was going to happen I hate to break your your the bad be the bearer of bad news, but I don't think that's coming anytime soon.
4: I don't either, and I've been watching the market just <laughs> as you've been watching the market. We're all, you know, there are people that are investors that are hoping for an opportunity, but then there are people that are, you know, you're hoping for other people to lose their homes. And I want you guys to think about that because it's kind of jacked up to even have that mindset. You want to crash so you can take advantage of people. I would say, fortunately for us, there was a lot of responsible lending that took place. And people are being responsible with their money. They're more educated about what to do when they're earning money. So they're not going to just lose their homes because they're uneducated about the process of working with the lender or making other passive forms of income. So we're in a great time right now where those that took advantage... They took advantage for the time they needed to, but now they're back to work. They're entrepreneurs. They figured it out. So as an, I would say as an investor and a buyer, if you have never purchased a home before and you're waiting for something, you need to consider what you're waiting for because none of the numbers are adding up to what you want. Because I know what you want. You want that mini mini mansion that was available in 2010. It's not not coming back. So let's just recalibrate And think about how you can move forward and be successful in your investment goals without trying to walk 10 years backwards.
3: Absolutely. 1,000% agree. We got 1,100 people on live with us. I need all 'all y'all to go like the video, share it with 10 people. We got a hot segment (laughs) coming up right now. You can remove the slides. But I want to address something before. We um, go to the next segment, Kiana, because there's people in the comments and I like we're going to we're going to engage and interact with you guys. And I hate when people say that. Remember, guys, these two get paid to sell you houses. Look, Kiana Watson and Matthew Garland will get paid whether you sell you a house or not. Absolutely. Let's really call. let's call a spade a spade. Right. We are not pushing you to buy a house. We don't have a gun to nobody's head. We and I hate when people say, oh, they get paid to do this. I mean, so what? What who would you rather get information from? People who are actually active in the market. We're not we're not YouTubers. We're not it's we're not, you know, influencers. We are licensed professionals. So, of course, we're going to get paid if somebody chooses to buy a home, but we're not putting a gun to nobody's head. Our job, especially with Rants and Gems, is to provide you guys information. So that okay. way you can make a decision. So I hate when people try to downplay professionalism and professionals, right? By giving information because you think there's a hidden agenda behind information. No. Do you think we have to be here on 830 at night doing this? No. We are out here because we want to make sure our community buys real estate at scale and has the proper information.
4: And let's be, let's also like, let's scale it back. You know, let's consider the fact that a lot of my clientele now, they're sellers. They're the ones making the money. Um, I'm not you know, I'm no longer really representing buyers as much as I used to. I've, I've grown in my career. I have 30 agents with my company. So when we're thinking about it from a huge standpoint, I'm talking to both buyers and sellers. I'm talking to both people from both from both standpoints. If you want to make an income and you want to continue to rent, that is your business. Mm-hmm. I do know someone that's going to purchase a home and allow you to pay their mortgage and you can rent from them. Like it doesn't stop the whole process. Like, I think that we have to think about it a little deeper than, oh, they're going to get paid because we're trying to buy a house. You know, like I just told Matt, me and my husband built a house and we sold that house today. I put that house on the market and I know what I'm doing because I'm a real estate professional. I know what to build and I know what's in demand. We got three cash offers, blind cash offers within an hour of the house being on the market. Within an hour, cash money. Mm-hmm. It's, it, what i want you guys to know there's so many more ways to be profitable in real estate i can sit here and tell you lies and say just keep renting forever until something happens but you're going to end up being that person that actually does rent forever and never owns okay. there are people in my family that never owned they're they're gonna rent forever and if i was to still be ignorant to the market that would have been me too You know, I made six figures on my first property and it was uh, easy six figures. It wasn't like I had to flip it. I bought it, stayed in it, rinsed it for a little bit and sold it and made some money and leveraged that money to make more money. So I don't want you guys to lose the message because you don't like the sender or you want it to always be some conspiracy theory. The numbers don't lie. We just gave you graphs.
3: Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. And on that note, we're going to go to our next segment, but first we're going to go to a quick commercial break and then we're going to bring in our two special guests. Tooks, cue up the commercial.
2: So what can I do to help? We need the biggest. Look, last year was last year. This year we need to make this the biggest ever. Keyword, ever. The bigger the fest, the more we invest. Yo, I'm sorry to interrupt y'all, but paperwork just dropped. Whose paperwork is that? S-H. Steve Harvey? Yes, sir. Deal done.
3: Uh, We're talking to uh, the brothers that run uh, Earn Your Leisure, and it's a great uh, convention coming to the Georgia World Congress Center in Atlanta, Georgia, 5th through the 7th. We come back, we're going to have that
2: information for you.
4: You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show.
2: You're doing uh, what you call an Mm edutainment. See, when you go to investfest.com, it's
3: an investment in yourself. Why would you not do that? Why would you not give somebody something... That when you walk away, you're better. InvestFest.com. Make sure you guys go to InvestFest.com. We just announced TI, the king of the South, will be joining the InvestFest lineup. And we got a few more nuclear bombs. So please do not wait, do not hesitate in my Troy voice. Y'all need to go to investfest.com, get those VIP tickets, get your vendor booth. Let's go, y'all. Sounds good. I'm
4: excited about Invest Fest this year.
3: Yeah, Invest Fest is going to be a movie, man. So I hope to see y'all there, man. Throw some fire in the chat for Invest Fest if you're pulling up on us. But now we're going to go to our second segment. It's called the Real Estate Rundown. And the Real Estate Rundown is basically, you know, Real estate is local, y'all, and we spoke about from a national level, but with the real estate rundown, we're going to be visiting all the top metro areas in America and bring in special guests, investors, real estate brokers, contractors, and they're going to give you the insight on their their market because they're out there doing the work, right? So Absolutely. if you if you would like to sponsor this segment, please email Jordana at rantsandgems.com. Next slide. All right. So is Atlanta still a great place to invest? What do you think? Kiana? Say,
4: yes. ATL Shouty. And and, I, and, let me, and let me say that with respectfully. Atlanta has the fastest growth um, in America. There's only three cities that are growing at the same pace. That's Atlanta, Georgia. Durham, North Carolina, and Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And the reason we are growing is because we have tech. We have Microsoft here. We have Google here. Not has their headquarters here. We are the headquarters for so many Fortune 500 companies that Atlanta is an amazing place to invest. We're still more affordable than other major metropolitan areas. We have a diverse group of people that live here. And you can enjoy where you live and still be able to afford where you stay. And when it comes to investors, you know, we still have a very high amount of people that are renting. So those that, if you know, you know, buy a piece of property because whether you own the property and you live there, you own the property and someone is renting from you, you're going to win because now you can have increased rents. Our rents in Atlanta are on average around $2,800 a month. Wow, that's crazy. So, and rising and rising for three bedroom homes so you definitely have an opportunity here to invest in the metro Atlanta area next slide
3: so top five cities investors have the largest market share of purchases year to date in 2020 atl number one jacksonville charlotte phoenix Miami, you might want to screenshot that, put it in your stories or something like that, right? Top five markets, and that's probably starting with beautiful Atlanta. Next slide. Oh, absolutely. All right, I- so now, look at this, Kiana, because you, you know, I don't know zip codes or nothing like that, but these are the top five zip codes that investors are buying in Atlanta. What's your thoughts okay. on these zip codes? So,
4: I'm telling you, um, and surprisingly enough, if you guys were to look in these zip codes, these are not the metro Atlanta area. You have within the metro Atlanta area, right? And when you look at like 30296, that's Riverdale. Um, That is going to be closer to the airport, south Atlanta. I also looked at 30153. Let me make sure I give you guys the right information. That zip code is right there in like the northwest Georgia. Again, none of these are within the perimeter. So what you want to consider is when you're investing in Atlanta, you're not just investing in the city of Atlanta. Go and invest in the places where there are families, there are more blue collar workers in those rural areas because those areas are rural and most of them will rent before they buy. So if you're a person that wants to invest and you want to rent to a family that is going to be good to your property and consistent, these areas are going to work best for you.
3: Mm. Next slide. Like that. Now another hot topic that's been, and we're gonna we're gonna bring up our guests in a minute because we're gonna talk about this Airbnb market is under attack in Atlanta. Atlanta's sick of y'all shit. The city <laughs> is sick of your shit. the 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 hotels are sick of your shit in Atlanta. <laughs> y'all buying all the single families and making them Airbnbs. They tired of it, so they trying to pass some laws and they trying to shut it down.
4: Yes, they are. Um, this has been underway for such a long time. It's not brand new, but it is still being voted on. And I think that it's important that those that are, you know, if you're if you are an Airbnb and you're doing Airbnb arbitrage, or if you own several properties in the city of Atlanta, this could be a problem for you. Because they're saying that if you own property in the city of Atlanta, and let's say you own five properties and you have an amazing Airbnb portfolio, they're saying you can only have two. Two. Hmm. Two. So one has to be your primary residence that you can steal Airbnb, and the second one is going to be your investment property. So what do you do with the other three? Right? I'm not an Airbnb expert. That's why we called in Alexis. Right? I'm not an Airbnb expert, but I will tell you this is going to shake the market. And I think it's about greed. You know, it's all about these hotels wanting to get their fees. The hotel, the money from these hotels are what's fueling and. They bring money to the city of Atlanta. So I personally think it's it's not just about the fact that other people have found a way to make money. It's the city that feels like they're losing money because of it.
3: Yeah. So that's like you said, great segue into bringing in our our local professionals, experts. We got Alexia Wright. Uh, Make sure y'all follow her on Instagram underscore Alexia Wright. She's a Mm -hmm. top rated Airbnb super host, currently operating 30 plus Airbnb properties. And we got Nicole Ambrose. Make sure you follow her, Nicole Ambrose Real Estate on Instagram. She's the top 1% realtor in Atlanta. Um, she's actually in Bali right now, too. So she's tapping in from from a beautiful place right now in Bali. So we really appreciate her <laughs> giving her time. And she's also a real estate investor, coach and runs Airbnbs herself. So we thought this would be a two perfect people to discuss Airbnb. So I need you guys to give a warm round of applause. Throw some fire in the chat for our special guests, Alexia Wright and Nicole Ambrose. Give it up for them, y'all. Give them some fire in the chat. Let's give them a hand clap. You know what I'm saying? They did not have to be here throwing Nicole in the screen. Alexia, turn your camera on. And let's hey, go. Take
5: off hey guys,
3: good night. What's going on, ladies? What's good up? Good What's night? night.
4: Good morning, girl. I know you on the other side of the world. How are you doing, Nicole? So, unmute you,
3: I, I mute yourself. I'm mute yourself, Nicole. I'm um, mute yourself, Alexia. There you okay.
5: go.
3: Nicole, I'm mute yourself. There we go. There go. Hey y'all, go. what's
6: up, family?
3: <laughs> what up, what up, what up? Look,
6: I forgot to unmute. Y'all was doing such a good job. I was in the screen looking <laughs> at the <time. laughs> no, I heard you're
3: listening. No, nah, that's Me dope. Too. Look, ladies, we appreciate you guys coming in um and joining us. Nicole, you and Bali living your life. Alexia, we appreciate y'all. And I want to start this conversation off with Alexia because you're managing 30 plus properties. Yeah. How is this new audience? Going to affect your business, and what are the hacks to get around this? Because there's always a hack, and we need to know. Yeah,
5: absolutely. So, you guys were just discussing the ordinance, right? The thing with the ordinance and the reasoning behind it is the parties that were happening here. So, people were renting these big old mansions, and it's it's one thing for us that have condos or who have apartments versus these millionaires who have these million dollar homes, right? So, you got ten, man- you got ten um, mansions on one block and two of them are rented out for Airbnb, right? So you got the, the whole block filled up with cars in the cul-de-sac. There's a bunch of people, there's loud noise at three or four in the morning. They are gonna have a problem with that. These are people who get up and go to work. These are people who don't wanna hear noise at that time of morning and that's just what it is. So these people complained for a really long time and it was for a minute where I even wanted to do something about it. Um, and the thing about it is y'all is the, the bad, the good people had to go with the bad people, right? Um, The ordinance also, 2018, um, Airbnb took $450 million worth of revenue from hotels. So Kiana talked about the hotels. That was a thing also. They took a lot of money. So just think about it. You know, like with a hotel, you get a bed, you get a bathroom, and you maybe get a sofa if you're at a suite that has a, I mean, a hotel that has a little suite in it. And then you get this Airbnb for lower or the same price, you get a whole entire apartment and you get a balcony. Correct. I'm going to go book an Airbnb too. So, just like with hotels, I mean, with taxis and Uber and Lyft, it, it was the same model. Um, it was a genius idea to me from Brian Chesky, which is the CEO of Airbnb. I think it was a really great idea. I just think when it got here, the market got saturated and people just started going crazy. Um, there are some really great investors here who actually do what they're supposed to do. They had to, to go with this ordinance. So, the thing with the ordinance is, um, this started, they talked about this last year. Mm-hmm. This year, March... I think it was March first, 2022. They put it out that this will go into the ordinance will go into effect on April first. The ordinance never went into effect. They extended it to June. Here we are in June. Now we have an extension to September. So my issue now is when they put this out, they had no enforcement plan. They still don't. If if you have there's over 7,500 Airbnb's in Atlanta, it's no way possible, y'all. They are getting rid of these, getting rid of all these Airbnb's. It's not gonna happen. Um, so I think that I also know when they put out this ordinance, a lot of people fell off. There's a lot of Airbnbs that have fell off ever since they put out this ordinance. So what they tried to do kind of worked. Um, I'm on the platform almost every day. I'm looking on there. I'm looking to see what's there because ultimately they're my competition too. Yeah, I run a lot of properties here, but there's people that's getting units every day. People getting furnished every day. You know what I'm saying? So I I still feel like whatever's on the platform is always going to be my competition. So I'm always on there. So now the market is just a little different. Like my my units are always booked now. That's how I know so many people have fallen off because I literally barely have a vacant day. Like my occupancy after post-COVID was like, I kind of got back up to like 90%. It was like 87 to 90%, which was great because when COVID hit, I went down to 10%. So to go yeah. back up to 85%, 90% was a was a huge deal for me. So now I'm like, we I get people who try to book off app like my home. Like if I got somebody that I know that comes in town, they're like, hey, I need an Airbnb. I'm like, I don't got nothing. I don't have nothing. Before it could be like a Wednesday, I mean I could I could put, put them in somewhere, but now I'm like, I don't have anything. So now I that's how I can tell like a lot of people have fallen off. Like I said, they just don't have an enforcement plan. And personally, me. What I've been telling my students and my audience is, I'm not making a move. I'm not letting anything go until they get their stuff together. And that's that's just the way I'm going about it. Um, when they come to me with a real enforcement plan, my boyfriend, he has really good connect at the city hall. Once, once he comes to me like, look, this is the plan. This, this is what we're going to go with. Um, and I have a huge audience when it comes to people relying on me because I'm an influencer on Instagram. So I have to tell them something like, I feel away when I don't have an answer for them. You know right. what I mean? I feel away. So, my goal, like, I literally hit the ground running when they came out with this ordinance. I'm like, okay, look, what y'all gonna do? Because one thing about me, y'all, I believe in God. So, the first thing I wasn't gonna do was, it, it, it wasn't gonna stress me out. I, we wasn't gonna go there. Like, I got through this. God made it, allowed me to make it through the pandemic. I'm like, look, God, what's next? Because you ain't gonna take me out right here. And the city of Atlanta sure ain't. So, Andre, <laughs> I found out the mayor, he also had like four Airbnbs. So, I'm like, what you gonna do? so this is just this is just not it's not coming together for me y'all they just don't have it all together yet this is something that I have not stressed about it's something I've been telling my audience and my students don't worry about the news has made it just so bad the way that they put it out they make Airbnb sound so sour to people's ears and it's not because like I said it's not because of the good people it's the bad people Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, the, the good people, as long as you do, do what you're supposed to do, like, when City of Atlanta comes out with this enforcement plan, I don't know when, that's a big jump to go from April to September. You know, that, that was a huge jump for me. So, that just kind of didn't, it kind of made me know that they didn't have it together. And then, too, with the with the permits, y'all, the permits are $150 per host. So, we did the math, and if you do, if you do, like, um one, 150 times, I think it was, like, 5,000. It's like one point one million. Like yeah. look at the numbers. Hold on. A <clears> so mean, that's 100%. how much
3: money that the city will make. You saying off a of party? No, it was,
5: it was. It was. It was. five. It was um, five thousand times one hundred and fifty. It was seven hundred fifty thousand. If you do seventy five hundred times one hundred and fifty, it was like one point one million or one point two million or something like that. So suppose now they said every host 5 million. 1.125, mm-hmm. Right. So that's mm-hmm. correct. So for every they said for every host. Every host has an average of three to four properties. So, if every host has to apply for an apartment, we just averaged it to like 5,000 people applying instead of 7,500 because there are 7,500 Airbnbs here. We just did 5,000 hosts. So, if we did that, that's 750,000. And that doesn't even mean you're going to get approved. That's just applying. And you can't get your money back if you don't get approved. You just got to revise it to where you, you meet the requirements. So with the ordinance, they also they they also stated that you have to like sign a homeowner's affidavit, uh, um, affidavit to turn in. You have to sign the adjacent um, what's the how do you call it adjacent um neighbor notification letter. You have to send it. You have to uh, get them to not- notify them about the letter. Send it to them certified and send that certified check-in number to the city of Lynn. You have to upload it to the portal when you submit your application. So, they they kind of thought they had it together, but I don't really know how that's gonna work, y'all. Um, so just I think it's a money thing, I, I think it's a money thing. They made $750,000 or more just off of people applying. Do you know how much money that is for the city of Atlanta just off of one little ordinance that they put together? So, money grab this, Alexa. Alexa. I- um, so let
4: me ask you this. So, when you're you. Let's just say, because we know it's out here, they're going to address it. They keep delaying it, but they will yes. address it. You yes. so know, you having 30 Airbnbs, right? And they're mm-hmm. saying maybe you can only have two. Do you have any contingency plans in place? And what would you tell our viewers, people that may have four or five Airbnbs that have really been making a really nice additional income? Yes. Um, like, is there a contingency plan you have in place? And what are you doing to prepare for what could be a shift in this Airbnb market because Airbnb is not the only short-term rental site
5: that's true so they are not saying that um, this ordinance applies to Airbnb this is a short-term rental ordinance so it applies to every single short-term rental platform there is that goes for Airbnb, VRBO, HomeAway, Booking.com, TripAdvisor that goes for all of them they didn't say an Airbnb ordinance so I did see a lot of people also saying that through the media like people are banning. I mean Atlanta's banning Airbnb for one they never said it was a ban they said they were regulating Airbnbs. Um, my with my contingency plan being that being that I was an advocate, y'all, it was something that I knew I had to tell the people. Like, like now, you guys are asking me. So, as they're going through this um extension thing, me and my boyfriend, we are just we are we have been really working hard with the city of Atlanta, like down at the city hall. We we went down there like three times, y'all. Like, my boy, his brother, um, he's, he's he emails me or he'll text me, like, every other week, like, since I'm working on it. So I'm not only working on it for me, but I'm working on it for people that I taught because it's like, you guys are following me on this wave, and it's like, now what? You know what I'm saying? So right now, we're we're really working to, to figure out, even if it means getting a certain amount under your business, if you can apply for the actual application under your business. Like I said, y'all, they don't really have it together yet. So when I get information, when I get
0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
5: Information from the city hall, the first thing I do is, is hold a webinar or I'll hold the live to, to let my people know like what's going on. I'm not going. If I'm going, y'all going. If I'm if y'all not going, I'm not going. And they my people know that's how I feel about anything, anything that I'm doing. I don't go alone. I'm not going by myself. So when I go talk to these people, when I go down here, um, mm-hmm. I, I have proposals to the I propose and I'm like, look, maybe this could work like this. Um, okay. so like I said, Kiana, they don't really have it together yet. And honestly, I don't have a plan yet because I don't even know if they really have a plan. So I'm gonna start getting stuff together and closing out leases, and then y'all come back and say, you know what, we're not even gonna put the ordinance into effect. Y'all good.
4: Mm-hmm. So you're just doing business as usual. Huh? We're moving along business as usual and just attending these ordinance m- planning meetings
5: yeah okay. absolutely i get invited to them every week so that's how i'm able to sure. let people know it's invite only by the city so that's how i'm able to let them know and there's also people that are not actually on social media that works really hard behind the scenes for airbnb hosts there's a lot of alliance groups that um that's anti this pro- this ordinance you know what i mean so yeah. there's people who reach out to me like they'll email me or they'll find me on instagram like hey i heard you had an influence and i'm like yeah like what, what are we doing? So there's people behind the scenes too, y'all, that are working to, to make this work for other hosts because people actually do this to make a living. There's people who they only do Airbnb. They don't have any other source of income and y'all are doing this for y'all to make money. And it just doesn't make sense. And it's ultimately, it's not fair. So,
3: Nicole, what's your thoughts on this, Nicole?
6: So honestly... One of the things that Alexia said that I wholeheartedly agree with is, from an investor standpoint, a lot of our properties, we put our properties in our LLC names. So if you have ten different LLCs and you own two properties under each one of those LLCs, guess what? Now you can still have twenty Airbnb. So business does not change like anything else. I'm sure Kiana can attest to this. Real estate is simply about strategy. That's so it. if you have the right strategy. You move forward with your strategy and you keep going. And I love the city of Atlanta. I love Andre. This is going to sound so horrible, but it's facts. Think about now. As real estate investors are going down to try to get permits think about how long and how unorganized that process is for them to go and get permits they Mm. have not they're throwing in a process that's going to take multiple bodies to have to be able to regulate they don't have the bodies to regulate what they're doing now down at the city so to throw an ordinance like this in place and for us to panic is absolutely crazy. I am continuing to do business as usual. I'm instructing people to continue to do business as usual. They don't have the manpower or the resources to back this ordinance right now. So until they organize with what they have going on and until we can start getting permits for the things that we're doing to beautify the city in a timely manner, I don't think that we have a lot to worry about guys.
5: I like so Your I
4: like that. your strategy is a hundred percent correct when it comes to owning multiple LLCs because that is going to be the fine print there that they can't control. And we all know what's going on in the city of Atlanta when it comes to permitting, building, renovating, flipping. It is completely completely unorganized. Yeah, um, I think that we should bet on. If I had to bet on anything, I would bet on your first strategy, and that's some free game. And I want to see some gems in the gems being dropped. Because if you drop a couple of gems, imagine only if you own 10 properties, right? But if you go back and take, let me take eight of those properties and put two, each two under a different LLC name. Now, if you were to move in that way, you have just worked around this entire ordinance and you can maintain and move business as usual.
3: So what what happens to the folks who don't own? The airbnbs right because i know i know a lot of folks do like arbitrage and they're they're leasing the properties and then doing airbnbs what happened to those business owners who are renting these apartments and they don't own what's going to happen to them
5: so so with the with the locs right it doesn't matter if you're doing rental arbitrage or if you're owning so if i if so like when i first started airbnb i didn't have an loc And I got an LLC down the line. So right now, even though I don't own the ones that I have, I still can have those up under my LLC. So the thing about it is it's not liability up under the the property that you own. It's liability up under the business itself. That's the the thing. So even if you don't own it, um, honestly, in the rental arbitrage, they get by the most, um, I believe. They actually came for the homeowners first. They don't have a rental arbitrage affidavit. They have a homeowner's affidavit. Um, mm. And even too, yeah, even too. A couple months ago, y'all, they actually the um, you Kiana Kiana, you know the area, um, Home Park, Home, oh, park, yeah. Home Park. They put they completely um told them there was no Airbnb. There's no Airbnb at Home Park well, But they shut them
3: down. That so that town, Home Park, just said no Airbnbs allowed. No period, Airbnb allowed. Mm-hmm.
5: Do you no think other cities
3: around Georgia is going to follow suit like Home Park?
5: those people probably are down at the city that little group of people that's in home park they're probably down in the city um once you get out of Atlanta, it's like it's like what's you know like what's next like i don't even know why they did the most at home park i think something happened over there and i wasn't really aware of um the issue that happened but i think something probably happened over there to where they really enforced it but it's like most of the people that have Airbnbs in Georgia are locating in Atlanta. So it's like, what's what's next? Um, Kiana, I'm not sure. Is Alpharetta still considered Atlanta?
4: No, Alpharetta is the city of Alpharetta.
5: Um, okay, but, it's, so, but it is
4: in Fulton County. County.
5: Okay, so Alpharetta is a really great city. You know, Alpharetta is... Um, is where a lot of rich people live, there's a lot of really really big homes out there. There's a lot of money out there, right 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 along Avalon. There's a lot of money out there. So, um even cop right out with Cop Parkway in Smyrna, um there's a lot of other surrounding cities that you guys can get in. That's besides Atlanta. Personally, I don't okay. think they're gonna do the most, um in the surrounding areas besides Atlanta. I don't feel like that. If they do, I just feel like they're gonna just be being, like they're just gonna be doing the most. I don't think it's necessary, man.
6: And the bigger part, too, about the Airbnb market is that you don't have to own you can be a resident of Atlanta, Mm -hmm. but you can own an Airbnb anywhere. So we don't only have to have an Airbnb right now. I'm in Bali. We've been in Bali for over two weeks. We've been in two different Airbnb villas. So, Mm -hmm. And one of the villas was actually owned by a lady in China. And the one that we're in now, I think, Mm -hmm. is owned by somebody in the U.S. So you can actually, we have been here actually looking at different properties to see where we can either build A or um, B, where we can go and get a property that we can actually turn into an Airbnb villa. So if the city of Atlanta is... They're not going to stop anything for investors in Atlanta. Investors in Atlanta are the most creative investors, in my opinion, um, across the markets in the U.S. And we can do surrounding cities and we also can go to other countries. This is not going to be anything that needs to shake us.
3: So I'm glad you brought that up about investors in Atlanta. You know, we had slides before you came on and we we show like the top 5 zip codes right now in the metro Atlanta area where investors are just buying up everything and so far in 2022 Atlanta's number 1 for investors. Do you continue to see this trend? Are you seeing more institutional investors for your clientele or is it more like the quote unquote mom and pop investors?
6: So for um- I'm moving also over to being a listing agent more. So my daughter is now taking on all of our buyer clients. Smart. So from this listing perspective, what I have definitely seen a hundred percent turnaround. buyers are traditional homeowners are fatigued with this market, with the market, because they're going up against cash buyers that are able to come to this Atlanta market and spend fifty dollars to $100,000 over the appraised value for a property. So the investors in Atlanta are strong. This market is not changing. For example, I had a, a property that just went under contract. I put it on the market on Friday, That and it's a, a Mid level property, 400,000. We had 12 offers, and out of those 12 offers, eight of them were cash buyers that are investors. Three of the investors were actually people that reside in Atlanta. So of course, we had some people that have bigger pockets, but some of those investors were right in Atlanta. So now, as I'm seeing my properties that are going on the market, I'm seeing more and more investors that are coming through and less and less home buyers.
4: Mm. Yes, yes. Mm. Um, and Nicole, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. Me, we were talking to that, about that before you came on. There are so many more institutional buyers, and um, when you start looking at the numbers, I was reading an article, and I'm going to pull it up. And in this article, I want to say I shared it with Matt. When I'm like, listen, there is a strategy here where these hedge fund managers they want to basically become the United States landlords. Correct. So the landlord of the United States. They're buying properties in bulk. Um, and when they're doing this, what's going to happen is they're going to outprice you, and they're going—the rates are going to continue to rise. The cost of living will continue to, to rise. The cost of purchasing property will continue to rise, mm-hmm. and you'll end. Up, but the cost of when you're getting paid, that three percent raise every year is not keeping up with inflation. It's just not. And Absolutely. eventually, what we're going to see is more home renters than home buyers. And um, the safe bet is always going to be what me and Matt say. What did we say? Brick and mortar. Brick and mortar. Up, brick market yeah. down. People are buying and selling real estate every single day because brick and mortar is the safest bet for investors.
3: Well, and, and I think and
6: we've had oh. um, a hun- over since 2020, we've had one hundred and fourteen thousand people that have moved into the Atlanta market. And since think about when? That say, one. That, say
3: that number again, Nicole. 2020.
6: Since 2020. 2020.
3: Wow.
4: We had people
6: <laughs> that have moved to the atlanta market so what i'm teaching my investor students that are going up snatching up as much as they can in atlanta is that when people think about it if you move to a new city you're not most times 75 percent of those people are not jumping into home ownership they want to learn the market first so investors have an amazing opportunity now to build a portfolio with people that are actually selling, I have more clients now that are selling their homes as well, saying, "Hey, I want to sell my house and I'm gonna go back into a rental until the market changes." I don't know what market they're looking for, but if that's what you <laughs> want to do, after <laughs> I educate you, I can't tell you how and what to do with your property. I'm saying this is not a time to sell your property to hold it, but because prices that are are at an all time high, they are serious about selling and going back into the rental. Market. So between that, 114,000 people are sellers that are selling their homes, going into rentals, and people are building whole subdivisions right now that are not subdivisions that are for sale. They are subdivisions where every house, well, is 200 houses in the subdivision, that are for uh, rent. This yeah. is a huge renters market. I'm teaching my investors right now how to go in and build developments that are rental not for sale because the real play is not about the money that you can make in three to four months it's about the generational wealth where you can teach your children's grandchildren how yes. to have sustainability
3: you know and and i think to, to to add on to that right i think people need to pay attention to the to the zoning laws and this is something kiana and i talk about all the time and i know there's people in the comments talking about well investors gonna start dumping they, their properties in a few years no they're not why would they when america's about to be renters right there's no reason to dump when rent is up and stuck but you have to understand why they're buying all these single family homes, especially in a place like Georgia, when you can add multiple ADUs on these properties, and now you can have basically a two family house on one property with two single family homes. So that's going to create more cash flow because there is a housing crisis. And this is what I try to tell people all the time. is like, you got to follow what the big boys are doing. We love multifamilies and things like that, but if you're in an area like Georgia, you know Texas, Florida, where there's not a dense population like the tri-state, where there's multifamilies galore, you have to learn your zoning laws because that's where the money and the gold is being made. And if you look at all the areas where the top five investor cities are, all those have favorable zoning for accessory dwelling units. So this is not rocket science. You just got to be able to pick up on the clues because it's right in front of you.
4: Mm -hmm. And it just goes back to the the bottom line is if you buy a property and you are a homeowner or you are a landlord, you know, I I just pulled up the article here that says big landlords jump into the home building business as demand for single family rentals surge. Right. According to the National Association of Home Builders, there were 13,000. 13,000 new single-family homes that started as rentals in the first quarter of this year. That's up 63% wow. from a year ago.
2: Mm. Up
4: wow. 63%. So when you think about homes built for rent represent 5% of the building market, but that's still up 2.7% above the historical average. So when you think about this, and we have people like we've had on our show before, like Pam Brown, that built her own rental community, those that are understanding of the power of ownership in real estate, they are using this as a way to build generational wealth because no matter what, two things are true. We have to pay for where we live. Whether you are renting or you're buying, you will have to pay for a roof over your head. Mm-hmm. and That's just a simple science. So, Nicole, um, I'm, I'm glad you shared that with your investor group because That's what everybody, that is the same, that mindset is what we need in order, even if it's one property, everybody doesn't start out with a big development, but let's let's start with the one property. That one property can help catapult you. And it doesn't have to be the property you love. It doesn't have to be a mansion. It can just be mm -hmm. a house, a home. I agree. Kiana, with that, 100%. Can I, do you
6: mind if I give them just a quick method? I'm so glad that you said that about it just being one property, because I think there are a ton of people that are watching this right now that think that that buying that one property that they're living check to check. So they don't feel like that that's actually a possibility for them. And they feel like that they're not able to jump into this real estate market. So do y'all mind if I share just a quick gem with people? Go ahead. About Okay,
3: we, we like gems so- here. Rants and gems, Nicole. <laughs> All no? right, in the comments, I want to see
2: some
4: gems in the comments.
6: Put some
3: gems in the comments and make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, share this with 10 people. Let's get this video up to 2,000 live views, man.
6: So one of the things that people have to realize is that credit, if you have not already realized in this market, this day and age, that credit is king, you are completely misguided. I want to make sure that you really, it used to be a time when we say cash was king, but right now credit is king because you can do a method called the bird method, right? Inside of the bird method, what you're able to do, I have a program where I can show you how to use somebody else's complete money. They always say that there is no, um, that you don't have any programs that there's no money down that you always have to use money down if you have a 650 credit score We have a lending institution that we can take you to that will give you a hundred thousand dollars that hundred thousand dollars that they give you You're able to take that and use that because this is different than when you're buying your own property. An investment Property they don't care where you get the down payment money from. So you take that $100,000, you go out and you can buy a simple property that's $150,000. When you get that property that's $150,000, you're going to do a hard money loan. Inside of the hard money loan, you take that $100,000 that we showed you how to go and get, take 20 000 to 35,000 of it for the down payment and then when you do a hard money loan when you start to do the rehab, you have to do draws. You have to pay the first portion of the rehab up front when you pay that you take that hundred thousand dollars pay that up front and then once you complete the property you bought a property is hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the right area one of those zip codes that we talked about in atlanta that are amazing zip codes you and now after you finish the after repair value on that house could be anywhere from 300 to 400 thousand dollars because property values are at an all-time high in atlanta so what you turn around to do is refinance out of that loan most companies will let you refinance out of that loan, and when you refinance, they'll give you 80% of their after repair value. So now you take that money, that same 100,000 that you're making payments on, you continue to make payments on that money, Pull the money down from the equity in that property, rinse and repeat and go and get you another property. That first property that you have is still paying for itself and it's paying the rent back on that loan. But you were able to pull the money from that property to go and do your next one. You do that again, rinse and repeat, go and do it again. And you look up and you look down and now you have a rental portfolio of 10 properties where you didn't use any of your own money to get
3: it. Look, I like the strategy.
4: Was a play. Was
3: a play. You, you was definitely given a play, but I want to put a disclaimer Right here on Please. this one, right? Yes. Look, understand. If you're taking money and you barn it's a loan. You have to pay it back.
4: Yes. You have to. Right?
3: There's absolutely. a monthly payment associated with that. And flips do mm-hmm. flop, B. So I need you guys. It was absolutely. it was a play, but that play, you got to know what the hell you're doing, because B. Doing you gotta first have training, a good coach. You gotta you have, have a good coach. Back. A good mentor. <laughs> you gotta. You gotta have a good construction team. You gotta have yeah. all your ducks in a row because that play is not for the freshmen. Mm-hmm, all right, absolutely. that that absolutely. play is for the live men, and especially when we're talking about during a correction in the market that's yeah. happening. I just want mm-hmm. people that really understand what Nicole is saying is actual factual, right? But understand <laughs> what's happening in the market and. Do your own research. Do your own due diligence. All right. That's the disclaimer.
6: You're telling the truth on that, because on my first property that I rehab, I actually brought money to the table. I had a contractor that came in and put the walls. I had just went and found a Latino crew that somebody had told me about. By the time they put the drywall up, I had already did electrical plumbing, all the rough ends. Uh, inspector came through knocked on the door and told and at the end of the day had to go to court they made me tear all of the walls down when they came all electrical and everything was wrong had to take it out redo it i ended up losing a hundred thousand dollars on that property turned around on my second property this is five years ago exact same thing just different loss but it was still a loss it wasn't really until i actually ran out and got me a for real real estate coach which is actually ramon took's um that help guide me to understanding purchasing in the right area for the yep. highest profit and then also mm-hmm. developing a strong team. So that is that has been my strong suit for my entire portfolio that I have a very, very strong construction team.
3: Flips do flop every day, B. I want everybody really understand that. That's
4: a really good point.
3: No, it's <that. laughs> not yeah,
4: it does work. You know, I think that that method does work. The Burr method works for the specific zip codes having the right team and it's a good way to jump into investing and I have I'm reading the comments a lot of people are like well $150,000 where? You know Atlanta is much bigger. We're the metro Atlanta area, not just the city of Atlanta. You know, we have to get beyond what's comfortable for you. I spoke to one investor and she was amazing and what is the female house hustler and her biggest thing was go oh where God. the money is.
5: Mm-hmm. Don't just
4: go where you think it looks fancy, she's going to go where the money is. She lists. She she always looks at the rental market. So if that rental market is an hour and a half away from the city of Atlanta, but that house and that number makes sense for her. She purchases in that area. So keep that in mind when we're talking about, we're not just talking about Atlanta. I'm talking about Morrow. I'm talking about Macon. You can go further south. You can go further north. Canton, you need to have your mind open if you're going to be an investor.
3: No I agree. Columbus so and
6: macon are on fire right now too Latonia any any area where home buyers actually want to live and that you can go in and see that there's a high rental rate Latonia, Augusta, macon all of those um, Covington is really hot and on fire right now because they have an amazing school in the Covington zip code They um, I, I don't even invest in the city of Atlanta anymore. Uh, all of my properties that I invest in are outside of Atlanta
4: absolutely. Cause it's, it's just so much more expensive. So I think that this gave them some really good strategy. Um, one, the strategy on you can purchase property. There's a strategy for Airbnb. And I think we can all agree. Cause you know, y'all know, I like to keep it. I like to keep it a book. All right. Y'all know I'm the one that's going to just say what it is. The strategy for Airbnb is we, there is no real strategy because you don't know what the city of Atlanta is going to do. All you can do, in my opinion, if I were you, if I had several Airbnbs, I would run it up while I can so I can plan for the next move. And your next move may be to, you know what, plan for a long-term renter. So run up the money as much as you can and then start researching the rental market and prepare for that dip in income, but also maybe that dip in income, what I would do, this is my. This is what I would do. If I was going to have a dip in income, I would run up as much money as I can and have enough money ready to purchase more rental property so you can purchase more rental property for long term renters, which are never going to go out of style. That way you won't have a dip in your income at all and you have a bigger portfolio. That would be a strategy I would use if I was an Airbnb host with several properties.
5: Something I want to add on to there, Kiana, is (laughs) is season two for Airbnb right now. Airbnb's slow season doesn't really start until like um, September, October when, when kids start going back to school. So th- that's a really great point. That's why I said like right now, I'm not telling my audience, we are rolling. Like we we're rolling business as usual. Nothing is abnormal about what I do every day. Um, just nothing. So I know it's it's kind of like it leaves us on edge, especially for people that are new, that are coming to the industry like dang, should I do this or should I not? Um, and honestly, I feel like when when they do come out with this uh, whatever they're gonna gonna do in September, I still don't know if they're gonna be able to enforce it the way they need to. Like Nicole said, I don't feel like they have the manpower. Um, they they just they just don't have it together. So I'm I'm agreeing with that, uh, Kiana. Listen, we we running it up. It's that's just what we doing right now. <laughs>
3: Look, you got to run it up. Look, guys, get your questions answered. Put them in the chat. We're gonna do a little Q and A if you got any questions about the subject matter. Put them in the chat ladies. You got a few minutes to answer a couple questions?
5: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good.
6: I'm
3: good.
4: Okay, nice. I don't have nothing but time. <laughs> 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 I'm in the chat. Matt, you look for the questions. I'm gonna give you guys some flowers. Kayla Hook says, Nicole is a great, fantastic real estate coach. I'm looking for transparency and experience, not the hype. Um, exclamation point, exclamation point. Um, someone also said um super gorgeous ladies love the conversation. I would just um Ramona said oh she was just saying that's where her family lived. They said someone also gave us a compliment, Matt. The evolution of Andrea said there's this rants and gems was good. That's perfect. Thank
3: you, thank you. <laughs>
4: Matt's idea to go back live, y'all. Um, thank, thank you,
3: for- Kiana. <laughs> <laughs> 15 1600 people in the chat, y'all. <laughs>
4: I'm like, Matt, do you understand? She definitely fought me for this (laughs) shit. I'm telling (laughs) y'all. Okay. Um, I'm looking now. Um, Someone also said, um, I'm reading, 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 reading. Just kind of going through the comments. um, Some people do feel like the rates for the Burr Method and refinancing are too high. So, Nicole, Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you that quick question Mm -hmm. before we got to Jamie. What do you think about that? And then we'll move on to Jamie. So one of
6: interest rates whenever you're using somebody else's money is always gonna be high. But guys, I just want to tell you, if you don't have your own money. You have to pay to play. So in order to get your foot in the door, if you do that burn method, the rinse and repeat, you absolutely are going to because nobody's going to give you money for free. So there are a couple banks that do interest free loans, but they're short term loans. If you need something that's long term, it's going to be a higher interest rate, especially if you're just coming out the gate. You don't have any business credit established and you don't have any history of being an investor established. So you are going to have to pay much higher rates, but to make some money is better than to make no money. So if you can make some money on a couple deals and now you turn around and you don't have to use their money anymore, you can use your own money. And Kiana gave the best suggestion of all, use that money while you can to run it up, run it up, run it up in Atlanta. And then you can go to other places that do have multifamilies where you can take a smaller profit and buy a bigger building. So if you don't have money, you don't have any other choice, but to use somebody else's high interest money because you got to get in the game. What's your other choice? Sit out the game. I like that.
3: Got it. Got it. So look, Super Clock says, how would you, get, how would you start from zero in 2022?
6: From an investor standpoint, and then Alexa, I'll let you go ahead and do the Airbnb Airbnb part, but from an investor standpoint, the first place you got to start is that credit. You got to get that credit together so you can get the funding to do any play that it is that you want to do. But the funding for real is, is going to be the first key and having you an amazing coach that can help catapult your business to the next level without you making a ton of mistakes.
5: Um, for Airbnb, the, 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 a great way to start with no money is becoming a co-host. Um, that could mean going into Airbnb, finding groups on Facebook, reaching out to your local um, host that you might know, your friends, and simply becoming a co-host. So basically, typically, so what a co-host pretty much is, is just like your property manager, um, the person who runs your, your your Airbnbs, who does your check-ins, your checkouts, make sure housekeeping gets done, um, and making sure inventory stays stocked. So the best way to start with no money in the Airbnb industry is to, to become a co-host. Becoming a co-host, you can use that money to, um, you can run that money up to where you can actually get your own Airbnb property. So I, so when I first, like when I was like in my second or third year doing Airbnb, I had interns and I helped my interns get their own Airbnbs. That was the ending goal. You will not leave not working for me without an Airbnb. And, and, and that's what it was. So they were my co-hosts. So the best way to start in the Airbnb industry with no money is becoming a wow. co-host. You don't you don't need any money to become a co-host.
3: Love it, love it. So Jamie Brana says, what's up, Jamie? When would be the best time to buy a house? I would say now.
4: I think gotta answered that. Now.
3: Yeah, now. it's <laughs> no better time than the present.
4: Now. You know, whenever you're ready, I think that historically, when you start talking about interest rates, historically, interest rates were always at 8%. So now that rates are teetering between 5% and 6%, we want this to be a big deal for us. Like, oh my God, it's such a shocker. I'm going to wait. Where historically rates were always around 8%. So I would say buy a property when you are able to afford it, when you've saved the money, when you've educated yourself on the process and you understand why you're purchasing that property in the first place, whether it's your first property, whether it's a legacy home, whether it's an investment property, whether you plan to get in the property now and wait, you know, what is your plan? Have a strategy and purchase the property now. I wouldn't wait. Um, and, 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 I, and I'm going to give you a little context about that. The reason I wouldn't wait, think about, to, think about back in, I don't know, 2000. The prices in the year 2000 was much lower. That's when I used to see those $165,000 mini mansions all over the city of Atlanta, Right. Those same properties today are worth 300, 400,000, even if they're in the suburban areas. Even when the market shifts, it never goes back to where it was 10 years ago. We may correct ourselves, but we're never going to go backwards. So, real estate will always be the safe choice as long as you're educated about the process and the location.
6: And I what believe awesome. in crypto, I believe in a ton of other investment strategies. But one thing <laughs> that I know for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, Real estate has been the vehicle forever that has taken people from zero in their bank account to multi, multi, multi millions. Banks invest in two things with our money. (laughs) They're investing in real estate and insurance. And if the wealthiest institution in the world is investing in real estate, we should be
2: too.
3: Next question, folks. All right. So Scissors says, is it better to try getting a loan for... For a personal property or investment property, if investment is what you want. I'm told investment property loans are more complex. Well, not really, right? They're not really more complex, Scissor. If you are getting a loan in your LLC, we're looking at the cash flow of the property. We're not looking at you and your W-2s. Now, if you're trying to do like a conventional Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, then yeah, we gotta we qualify on you based off of your your personal qualifications, meaning your W-2, your tax returns, your debt to income ratio. So it's a little bit more paperwork intense. But if you're looking to purchase in your LLC, it's all about the cash flow. So if the cash flow is right, even if you open a, a brand new LLC, because most people think you need an LLC that has established business credit and you don't. It could be a brand new LLC. And as long as that property cash flows, you can probably get a loan for it. Good question, though. Next one. Let's do one more question and call it a day. Um, There was a question in here about the Airbnb host. You saw that one? Oh, here we go. Mike says, I've gained over 40% equity in my home in Dallas, Texas. Shout out to you. (laughs) Will you recommend holding it for a few years? I have brought this home in December 2020, and you got 40% equity. Uh, I will hold it personally and probably tap some of that equity because, look, equity is monopoly money. I need everybody to understand that. Type monopoly money in the chat, right? Because it's just like your stock portfolio. It's just like your Bitcoins and your crypto. Unless you take the money out, it's unrealized gains. So 40% of equity today, if the market does, quote unquote, crash and loses 20%, now you just lost 20% of your, of that equity. So it's not like you can go to your house and put your ATM card and take the money out whenever you want, right? It's not It's not guaranteed to be there when you actually need it. So what I try to advise people is, one, have a plan if you're going to take equity out of your house, especially your primary residence, because that's the church's house. That's the church's money. You don't want to mess up church money, right? Number two, you should only take it out to invest. Number three, you should understand it's new debt and it's a second lien on your mortgage and it's going to have a mortgage payment. Um, So whatever your plan is, make sure you can afford that mortgage payment just in case your flip flop or your tenants don't pay because there's more debt. But I'm a fan of taking out uh, a HELOC and using it to invest. But again, this is strictly for live men, not for freshmen. So make sure you know exactly what you're doing. Ladies, your thoughts on this?
4: I would definitely um, take the money out and you know look for ways to invest. Don't go ball out with it. We've all made that mistake. And as um, I would call myself as a baby investor, (laughs) I call myself a baby investor because I just buy, hold, and rent. But
2: now, don't don't, do
3: not dim your light on Rants and Jim Show, please. You are on EYL Network. How dare you dim your light? You are not no baby. I do. You are the queen of the damn South. Don't play with us. (laughs) All right,
4: let me tell you what I mean by that is I buy and hold i'm not into the you know the flipping me and my husband tried to flip we had flips that flop and lost money so we prefer new construction we prefer to build it we know what's in it we understand the bones you start from the beginning and you can just get out of it you still do what's called a draw but if i were you mike if you had if you pull out either 20 percent of this money and get you a second property so you can cash flow get you an airbnb uh, or a long-term renter I feel like that would be a great idea to do so, especially when you run the numbers because it's all about the numbers with a professional and make sure those numbers make sense. So you're not just so you're in the green. You don't want to break even, you actually want to be in the green.
3: What's your thoughts? Nicole.
6: So, personally for me, I actually would pull the money out. There are two de- different directions that I would go. The first one is I pull the money out. I would get a coach. People fail every time in real estate because they don't feel like they they can go and get somebody that's smarter than them in that particular arena to guide them so they don't make mistakes. One thing that I'm going to guarantee you, because I am the, I am her. I lost over $200,000 when I could have just on those two flips that I did, my first two flips five years ago, when I could have just paid a coach 25 dollars 35, dollars $50,000, and I could have been $150,000 to the goods. So I would take part of that money, go and find me an amazing coach. But the second part is I would definitely invest that money into a quad. What you'll find in a quad is two of the units will actually pay for the actual building, and then two of the units can pay depending upon, you know, if you're not balling out in a multi-million dollar property you can take two of the rents and like i said pay for the actual building that you actually purchased and then take two other units and either save that money or use that money to pay off your current residence and now you're living for free i love that
3: i love it i love it
4: i'm looking in the group chat all we got is we have so many great comments Buy the land you know we're excited atlanta real estate is amazing Get the multifamily. People want to know about multifamily. I can tell you that episode will be coming soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, I personally want you guys to know that just investing in real estate all around, you know, there's a lot of things. We call everything a scam or everything is too good to be true. But I know two things for sure. I got to walk into a house, turn the lights on and turn the lights off. And I would much rather be the owner of my land and the owner of my property when I do that.
3: I agree. I agree. Look, drop some gems in the comment, man. This this real estate rundown was a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal segment. Alexia, Nicole, any final parting words before we let you guys go? We really appreciate you guys coming in. So we need y'all to drop some gems in the comments for this for these I'm ladies.
4: Gems. I'm watching. The, I'm watching the comments.
3: Yes, we see them gems coming. So Alexia, leave us off with the final thought.
5: Y'all, Atlanta is a really great market for real estate, for Airbnb. I am so happy to be on with Nicole, Kiana, and Matt. It was This was amazing. I even learned a lot. I am here to tell y'all if y'all are coming to Atlanta or if you're looking to invest here, this is the right place. Uh, we have not really figured out what's going on with this Airbnb ordinance, but it's coming. Um, I'm not too worried about it, and I run over 30 properties. So if I have 30-plus properties, having one or two or even five or even 10 um, it, it, could, it, could, it can't get any worse. So good luck to everybody. And like I said, I'm so happy to be on here with y'all.
6: I echo that. I'm so excited to have had the opportunity to share this stage with Alexa, Kiana, and Matt. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. Follow each one of you guys and respect all of your works. In closing, for everybody that's out there that's watching, stop being scared. Get off the bench. Get in the game. The time is actually now. Educate yourselves, fix your credit, understand about financing. But the most important thing is to get in the game. If you want to change your life, I'm going to guarantee you changing your life is not going to be going to that nine to five that you go to every day. If you really want to jump into something where you can, I'm in Bali, I ain't the biggest deal of my career right here in Bali. You can do real estate from anywhere in the world. If you want to change a life, real estate is the vehicle. And you have four people here that are ready to hold your hand and walk you through the finish line. Get off the sidelines, get into the game, and we're ready to help you. Love. Uh, and last, last thing, I'm sorry. If you want to join my community, please text 678 737 3777. Again, that's 678-737-3777. You'll be the first one to know when I have classes dropping in and any of the real estate rants and gyms that <laughs> I pick up along the way. So I'm excited. Thank you guys. Kiana, I love you. You already know oh how I adore you. Simply adore you. Matt, I love you. I'm so proud of the success that you guys are celebrating. But more importantly, thank you for what y'all doing for our culture. Absolutely. Thank you guys
3: for joining, Nicole. Much love. You know, I love you too, Alexia. Much love. Love you too. Make sure y'all tap. We're going to put all their contact information in the description of this video. Make sure you guys tap in them and everything they're doing. Drop some more gems in the comments for oh, yeah. these two queens of real estate. Let's go, love y'all.
4: Come on.
6: Enjoy Bali,
3: Nicole. Enjoy Bali. Be safe. Thank
4: you. <laughs> love you guys.
3: Look, Kiana, I told yeah. you. <laughs>
4: you let me tell y'all the truth. The truth is, Matt was, we have so many previously recorded episodes in the bank and Matt was like, we gotta go live. We gotta go back to going live. And I can tell you the energy is here. Two women I respect in their fields. Um, Alexia, she is onto something. She was the first person I seen really hitting it hard with these Airbnbs. Nicole, y'all know, like y'all have no idea the relationships we have in this business. Nicole is just and a phenomenal person. And she takes the time to learn about everything, <laughs> and I just love her energy and what she brings to our real estate market here in Atlanta. And I just want to say, you know, this was a great episode. Like we're live, we're back, giving you guys real information,
3: real time.
4: Make sure that you, if you find it valuable, make sure you like, subscribe, share, and tell a friend. Give pass this to three friends if you feel like this is going to give you some information you need.
3: Absolutely. Look, so audience, I'm gonna take a poll right now. If y'all want to see. Rants and Gems live every week. Current events, real estate, rundowns. I need y'all to throw some fires in the chat right now. Throw some gems in the chat. Forget the fire. Throw some gems in the chat. If you want to see us live every Wednesday, bring you guys the latest and greatest of what's happening with the housing market from a, glo- from a national perspective and also our real estate rundowns, where we're tapping them with local markets. So throw some gems in the comment if you want to see us going live every single Wednesday, giving y'all that fire.
4: I I know some great realtors in all the markets, so we can interview people every week. okay. I know agents in New York, LA, Miami, Jacksonville, Orlando. I think it would be really interesting to see because right now real estate is a hot topic like You know, we talk about building our portfolios all the time. I I do think that the live is better. Y'all going to have to vote for it, though. You're going to have to vote. (laughs) If you go to my page and see the behind the scenes, I was stressed out. I got all (laughs) I done ordered all kinds of stuff, but I do feel it's valuable information. And, you know, I love Glitz and Glam, and I like to have this big, like, production. But for me... And where I am right now, I want y'all to, like, I'm very transparent. I'm a, I'm about to, I got to figure out, I want my brain to be fed with information so I can start making more money passively so I don't work, have to work as hard.
1: Absolutely. I rather work
4: in my mind and, and not on my feet. So this is what you can learn. So if you appreciated this episode and you want more episodes like this and you don't mind the split screen, you don't mind that we don't have the glitz and glam and you want the real, true, raw information from professionals all around the world please like comment, like, and subscribe because y'all commenting, liking, and subscribing will give us the energy and also like the reassurance that we're on the right track for the Rants and Jim show because we do take this personally.
3: Absolutely. So type in chat what city on next week's real estate rundown. What city should we visit? We did Atlanta this week. Type in chat what city you guys want to see on a real estate rundown. And again, if you are a business and you want to sponsor the real estate rundown segment, tap in email
2: jordana.com. Uh, the,
3: the comments is going bonkers <laughs> right now. We love it. We love it. So, look, let's do some last minute housekeeping items. We've been on here almost two hours, right? Yeah. Um, what you got going on for the rest of the week?
4: Um, me for the rest of the week, it is all about, um, oh. I have a new course coming out on our online group agents for success. we talk to and teach other agents. And our first course is going to be about how to develop, build and sell your first property. Um, I don't like to talk numbers, but let's just say this, me and my husband, this is our first property that we built and we sold it today. And if you are a real estate professional, it's time for you to get off the side of begging people to get their listings and you need to build, create and list your own product. You're getting paid five different ways and it's just more profitable and you're going to be in control of the market. So follow agents who's for success for more information about that. And uh, what else I got going on this week? Oh, CEO society. You know, we have our society. It's all about just camaraderie. And we have Tiffany Latoya and Ronnie Brown in our CEO society group. I teach about real estate. Ronnie teaches about brand development and Tiffany is teaching about government contracting. I'm going to tell you guys about government contracting. As this market corrects itself, I know that I'm going, I'm positioning myself and getting my um, contracting so I can represent the government and real estate because that's going to be the play. So think bigger than what you already know. If you want to know more about that, go to CEOsociety.com. And then I'm going to New York this weekend. I'm going to be at this huge development. Um,
3: yeah, we outside.
4: Yeah, we outside. I'm going to this development meeting. And of course, I had to let Matt know I'm coming in the city because I'm doubling down on development, so um, I'm super excited about going to this conference about development in New York this weekend, and I'm pretty much preparing for InvestFest. InvestFest is going to be
3: the vibe. Look, man, so yeah, InvestFest, man, make sure y'all go to InvestFest.com, get your tickets today. It's going to be phenomenal. We got a couple more nuclear bombs we're about to announce, so you got to stay tuned for that, InvestFest.com. Is where you guys need to go, and you know, July twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth, I'm having a real estate investing um, webinar, masterclass, three days. Um, I mean, it's going to be phenomenal. So if you want to learn everything you need to know about build to rent financing, Section Eight, um, property management, construction financing, hard money financing, I got a couple special guest teachers that's coming through. July twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth, real estate investing. Webinar. DM me the word masterclass on my IG page, MG The Mortgage Mortgage Guy. If you want to get the link to sign up for that, trust me, you don't want to miss that, especially what we're talking about is investing here on today's show. There's a lot of opportunity out there. Don't let the news fool you. Don't let the fear mongering stop you from going out there and invest because that's exactly what they want, y'all. They don't want you to win. They don't want you to eat. They want to eat for themselves and make you a renter. So we need to be oh, able yeah. to still go out here, especially as black people. We need to go out here and we need to own some real estate and own investment properties and build our generational wealth. So that's all I got for y'all. That's all I really got going on. Obviously, if y'all want some financing, I can help you. Link is in all my bios for in my bio for all my resources or that's in it. the description of this video. We'll put all of Kiana's and my resources there if you guys want to tap in with us. All right. Right. Great episode! Shout out to Thank Alexia you. and Nicole. This is Matt Garland, NMLS number five eight seven zero zero, but better known as MG the Mortgage Guy.
4: And this is Kiana Watson, license number three one seven five seven six, better known as Broker Extraordinaire, now Builder Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning into another incredible episode of the Rants and Gem Show live experience.
2: Peace.